Welcome to It's a Girl's Life, the number one podcast empowering college girls to become the creators of their own stories. Join us as we dive into campus life, balancing health and having fun, unraveling the secrets of adulting, and tackling all of our unique experiences. Through engaging interviews, we'll discover the keys to unlock living your best life one conversation and coffee at a time. Grab your favorite coffee in one hand, hit the subscribe button with the other, and get ready to conquer college and and beyond. Here girls learn not only how to survive but to thrive and of course hashtag keep it real while doing so. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Girls Life podcast. I'm super excited for today's guest because Alana has been truly like an inspiration from like a far away. Of course I've never like talked to her in person or anything but I followed her on TikTok and her podcast and everything so I'm really excited to ask her about how to have a healing girl summer and just get into all the good details, tips, and advice for young women about, you know, really resetting and taking care of yourself. Alana, how are you? I'm good. Today has definitely been an emotional day. I started off strong 8 a.m. therapy. I don't know why I do it to myself, but as you said, it's healing girl summer. Um, but otherwise, Toronto's great. The weather's awesome and I'm in good spirits. How are you? I'm good. I've always I've actually been talking to my friends a lot about Toronto because I'm from Ohio and it's actually really close to Toronto, like in the States. Ohio. Yeah. And so like I have been obsessed because one of my favorite YouTubers went to Toronto recently. And so I've been obsessed with wanting to go with my friends, but we haven't made it yet. But I'm hoping this summer we get to go. So I I don't know. Looks like a fun place to go. Fun city. Um it is. but <laughs> yeah I see like happy place in your bookshelf over there did you finish it yeah it, I finished it really fast <laughs> okay so it was like good because I bought I like bought it and then I like finished I read half of it and I stopped so I should probably finish it up <laughs> yeah finish it and then read um book lovers by Emily Henry as well it's really good <laughs> okay so you're like a big fan of hers? yes I love like really easy reads because- I do too I just feel like everything else causes me like I have to like think and like be super on all the time and reading like stupid like easy read books is just like it feels like you're watching tv but it feels a little bit better because it's you're reading so you feel better about it as opposed to just looking mindlessly at a tv for so long so I love like Colleen Hoover Emily Henry like all of those books a lot of people don't really love I'm I love them. you're a big like, fan that's That's my guilty (laughs) no that's great I think like anything if you're doing like other than like watching tv and like definitely like reading is like a very healing habit if you want to start off with that my opinion it is I'm a big reader I read like romance and those types of books but then I also read like personal development and like I just like to eat up all the advice I could get so um I don't know if you're like that too it it sounds like it's just maybe like the romance and the fun reads or do you also like to do the personal development ones too or no I love the self-help books they're definitely something you can't really like binge um yeah but I feel like you're not going to absorb it as much it's kind of like cramming for a final like the night before like you're really not going to remember much they're also like a lot harder to read like that like they take some thinking like I only read them in the morning because of that it's very much like a morning thing like you don't want to I mean like you could read it before bed but I think it would just like stimulate your brain too much um I'd like like, want to like redo my whole entire life after that so (laughs) that that put me to sleep (laughs) anyways I really wanted to um jump right in because 
for me, I just finished my freshman year of college and that's like a lot of growth all at once. I just feel like you're like highly stimulated. If you can think back to your college years, I'm sure you didn't graduate too long ago. Um, And then the summer I was like, oh my God, like I love the people I met, but I'm just drained and I really need to reset. And I really didn't know like what to do. One of the things I did was like journaling. I'm not sure if you're a big fan or not, but I just wanted to get like your honest opinion about like what are activities and things you could do or like mindsets that like really help people like reset, relax and heal like during the summer when they can. I think like what I always like to start off with is just like leaning into self-care practices that are appealing to me, don't seem too daunting. Um and are something that I think would make me feel good. So journaling is one. I go in and out of it. I used to be a really adamant journaler. Um, the five-minute journal is a really great place to start if you're not really sure. Or you can literally just get a blank notebook um, and find prompts online or even just like what I like to call mind dump. You just write out whatever is on your mind and it's a journal entry. Um, so journaling, I really like recently got a bit into meditation it can be super intimidating I used to really hate it it's still not my most favorite thing but you do grow when you do things that make you uncomfortable I really like the headspace app it makes meditation a lot more approachable you're not kind of sitting here listening to this random person talk for minutes on end a lot of their meditations are like one minute by minutes Um, They have really nice ones that you can do before bed. And I find I always have a really nice deep sleep when I do those. And I'll just play it on my phone and lie on my back and close my eyes and listen to it. And I end up falling asleep and it switches off. So journaling, meditation, getting outside on walks. I know hot girl walks are a thing on TikTok, but honestly, it really does wonders for the soul. I was doing them before they were called hot girl walks. And I also think there's a really important thing to do quiet or silent walks so instead of having I've been pop- seeing that yes I know um Maddie Mayo she was on yes she spoke about it <laughs> I know what you're talking about because I watched that video on yeah. TikTok yes so I had been doing this for the past like two years or so I never really put like a name a to name it to but it. she calls yeah. them silent walks And always in the morning, I try to do that. Like I just don't have any headphones in. I try not to be on my phone and I try to just try to be present with my surroundings, even though I live in the city, like I live right in the downtown core of Toronto where all the bars are and everything. Um, But it's just, it's really nice to just be like present because I feel like we're constantly trying to distract ourselves and stimulate ourselves with so many things, whether it be music, podcasts, TV, talking to people whatever may be like we're constantly like on and like stimulated and sometimes it's nice to just like slow down actually be present what's happening around you be the sounds surrounding you and the sights in front of you and it's honestly really calming um so silent walks are also a really awesome thing I love reading in the morning instead of being on my phone so I'll read like my romance novel or sometimes I'll be reading a self-help book I really like atomic habits um that one's really good there's also a few other ones I'm kind of blanking on the names right now but they're on my goodreads if you want to go and look there um and then just getting like daily movement and moving my body in some sort of way so whether it be my hot girl walk my silent walk whether it be a stretch 
maybe I'm going for a run. I'm really into running right now. That's really therapeutic for me. I've seen that um, on TikTok. And yes, I love the content of- because like, <laughs> sorry, this is like totally, I'm just like breaking apart at this part of the conversation. Um, But I am someone who was never into sports. I wasn't very athletic in high school or middle school. Um, But then last year within the past two years I was like you know what I really need to figure out like fitness just for everyday like just for everyday health like it doesn't have to be like I don't have to be amazing at tennis or field hockey or lacrosse or whatever like the sports that all like feel like the girls that I was like friends of played with um or played for or whatever and then it was like a mix between like strength training and running cardio that I did like every other day. And then I even like was able to keep up the habit in, in college. And it wasn't even doing like an hour and a half every day. It was like doing like 30 minutes of movement, like just yeah. making it like as simple as possible. So you can consistently do it will like be so much better for you than like trying to do it all or nothing. Um, and I love you're talking about running because that was something I never thought I could really do, but I, you like practice over time. So you could talk more about that. I just wanted to like share personally. Yeah. Anecdotal. Like, I think there's like this huge like misconception that we all have to be amazing at our hobbies. You don't have to be amazing. Sure. If you're great, if you're really, if you're really awesome runner and you can run super fast and constantly like reach new personal bests and like enter all these races, that's great. Or if you want to play a sport and be the best in your league, that's also great, but you don't have to be, I think we need to let go of those expectations, especially as young adults. It's okay to try something new you see a kid, they go and try a new sport for the first time, and they're not going to be instantly amazing at it. Sure, some kids have more natural born talent than others, but we're not all going to be amazing at everything. And we're not eventually all going to get to that point where we're amazing. And it's okay if you're mediocre, as long as like you're enjoying it, and you're doing something for yourself. Like, I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not the best runner, but do I love running? Yeah. Do I hate it sometimes because it's challenging and it's uncomfortable and it's a really big mental balance? battle of course um but I love that like it's just like a thing you have to get over like you need to leave your ego at the door and I think that also comes with healing like we're so quick to only do things that boost our ego and you just kind of need to humble yourself a little bit like let go of that ego like just do it for you and just know you'll eventually get better at whatever it is. Maybe like journaling makes you uncomfortable. Maybe meditation makes you uncomfortable. But again, these are the things that are going to allow you to develop and grow as a person and heal in the end. Um, So to recap everything that I said in terms of like self-care habits and whatever, um, journaling, meditation or breath work, morning walks or hot girl walks, silent walks, reading in the morning instead of being on on your phone and getting some sort of movement and then obviously like nutrition is a huge part so having meals that make you feel good and energized trying to get more whole foods um just like try I think like the biggest thing with like food and everything is like go for the meals that make you feel good like go for the things eight out of ten times for your meals your snacks whatever it is go for the food that really makes you feel light energized healthy good clear-minded because you don't want to feel sluggish after every single meal. And that's going to look completely different for every single person. There's no specific diet that you need to follow. There's no like set amount of calories or anything like just eat what makes you feel good and what's accessible to you. I understand that not everyone can buy organic vegetables and fruits and organic chicken and pasture raised eggs. 
but just get the food that makes you feel the best. And even if that is a cup of soup or a steak or whatever it may be, like do what is going to make you feel your best because then you're going to be able to show up as your best self. I really like that message. It's really resonating with me right now specifically because I always had like a very, it was kind of like annoying, I guess, in the way when I went, when I, before I went to college, I was, it was very easy for me to control what I ate. And I'm a very clean and healthy eater just because it makes me feel good. And I have a lot of stomach problems. So I really need to adjust what I eat based on how I feel and be very uh, like attentive and aware of that type of stuff. But then when I went to college, it was just so it was all the options of things that I didn't want were like right in front of me and staring me in the face. And it was like a constant like face off between me and like the cookies that looks great. But I like, it's great to have cookies every <laughs> once in a while. But like, for me, I can't really have gluten's like, I don't really want to have cookies because it will make me feel bad. Um, But then there was other girls and what I would hear, because I was always around people and friends was that they had such a toxic relationship with food, they'd be like, Oh, like, I can't eat because I want to like feel skinny or look skinny. And so I'm not gonna eat. And then maybe I'll go out and then I'm going to feel sick, but that's okay because I want to be skinny. And I was like, there's so many wrong things with what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. of course, not everybody said that. I'm sure you have like a lot of experience with that. It's like a young woman yourself, maybe, but like, it was frustrating because of the, everything that I knew about food and like the relationship with food was obviously like hers was probably a really struggling relationship and it might've been years and end where that was like a thought that she just believed. And so it, I was like, had to say, I was like, I'm sorry, but like, that is just so false. Like, first of all, like you just need to be eating the right foods. And then I would see people like going to eat like a slice of pizza, which is not fulfilling at all. And they would just continue to eat. I was like, just, just, just not, you can eat it, but like, yeah, that's, that's not gonna make you feel great. It's like, it's just a problem. But, um, I, so I really resonate with you saying and speaking to like, eating things that make you feel good because that was the biggest thing that I was struggling with was like I was eating the right foods but then if it wasn't making me feel good I wasn't confident and it was like a whole cycle so I just think that's a really important message and a great piece of advice for you know healing yourself this summer yeah and even like when I was seeing a dietitian back in like after my freshman year of university because like I had put on a little bit of weight and I wanted to go about it the right way I didn't want to like fall into this like vacate of like fix bad diets and quick fixes and everything and like she said to me why would you eat something if it's not fulfilling you like why would you eat something that doesn't taste great to you or isn't bringing you some sort of joy or energy or anything like if you wouldn't rate that food or that meal on a scale out of 10 at least six or higher what's the point in having it for the sake of having it because like you know sometimes like some people can like mindlessly snack and they're not even really like enjoying whatever they're consuming or they'll just finish like food because they feel like they have to there's no have to like you don't have to finish your full plate if you're you're full like I think a lot of parents also pressure kids to always like finish their meal like if they Mm -hmm. like left it on their plate like it's not good but just like listen to your body like your body knows like you know what you're craving if you're craving red meat your iron's probably low so have the red meat like don't like second guess it like if you're craving like vegetables like you probably need some vitamins like your body is a lot smarter than you give it credit for so just like try to remove like all the noise like all the diet culture noise and just like eat intuitively it's a lot harder 
than you think at the beginning especially if you're accustomed to like listening to all like these different voices but just like your body is a lot smarter than you give it credit for I agree and I think that's like something at the end of college I actually experienced was like I felt like or at one point in my whole like stomach kind of journey which is a long thing that we don't need to get into I was like trust my cues and then I realized that I was just like kind of like doubting it you know instead of listening to it and I think it's a lot easier I've been thinking a lot about this and I want to ask you about this in general too but um it's kind of like a habit so like if you start eating like a lot of fruits and vegetables like protein at every meal like those type of things so you'll feel full and ready for the rest of the day or until the next meal like it becomes easier once you do it you just have to do it once and then you'll crave like fruits and vegetables instead of like the things that are not so great that you can pull from the pantry just easily snack on or like one thing I love is like cutting a bunch of fresh things up so I just have to grab it and go so I don't grab and go the other thing that maybe is not the best for you or won't leave you feeling full or won't you'll feel like greasy after I don't know I think that's like the main thing is like how you feel about it um but I didn't know if you had any other like tips of like making it just like easier for people to like build these better habits I was wanting to ask you about the habit loop but I'll ask you about that second yeah so I think with anything like if you're looking to change your lifestyle with any sort of in any sort of area like even all the things that I mentioned of like all these habits you don't want to like overwhelm yourself and try to do all these things that you've never done before whether it be like eating like a healthier diet or starting to work out you don't want to go from like working out zero days a week to working out telling yourself you're going to work out six like that's going to be too much you're not going to you're going to burn out you'll probably also get injured like it's not sustainable. So the best way to integrate new habits is to want to habit stack them with habits that you already do. So say you want to start taking your vitamins, like take it and you always have coffee in the morning, take it when you're making your morning coffee, like keep your vitamins like near your coffee maker or whatever it is so that you remember and that cues that slowly integrate these habits. Like, so say week one, you're going to introduce drinking more water into your day-to-day routine. So week one, we're going to focus on getting that water intake up. Week two, say now we want to start making more home-cooked meals. Okay, how are we going to make these more home-cooked meals? Well, we need to think of our future self. We need to think of what meals we might want throughout the week. We need to grocery shop and make sure we have those on deck. Um, So now we're drinking more water and we're making more meals at home. And then week three, say we want to start going on our hot girl walk. So now we're going to schedule that in. Maybe we'll try go for at least two walks in the week. Um, and then you can slowly build it up to more. And even with working out, you can start off with a walk and then eventually build up to adding a workout into that walk or instead of et cetera. So like, just like slowly integrate these things into your life so that it like blends in as opposed to like just being like a harsh start and then you're f- going to fall off. Right. And I think it's really, again, easier. Like I know from my own experience and like if any of the listeners think about the bad habits they create, it's just so easy easy once you start taking the action it becomes feeling less forceful and just like let more an autopilot and that's mm-hmm. like the power of a good habit is like you'll just gravitate towards it in the morning and that's why I always think it's like really important and I'm sure you do too to have like a specific like morning routine and like nighttime routine even in college I think that's like the one thing that like saved me all the time was like you never know what's going to be happening during the day but you knew like at least I started my day and ended my day the exact same yeah for sure. And also like the way you end and start your day is like 
how you set yourself up for success. If you're not in like the right, right headspace, if you're just like rushing out of bed in the morning and going to class, or if you have online class and you're literally just like rolling over and like opening up your laptop, you're really not going to be in the right headspace and you're not gonna be able to perform and like show up as your best self. So I really think like routines are like the groundwork, the foundation of like how you're going to show up in the rest of your life, whether it be school, your job, your friendships, your relationships with other people, even for yourself, like you need those routines. It's your foundation without the foundation you will. Right. No, I so agree. Do you have like a go-to night routine that you do every night? I feel like my night routine is definitely not as structured as like my morning routine, but I usually like to wind down and like really like slow down. So I don't have a lot of lights on in my apartment at night. I'm literally the person that avoids turning on all lights, even though I love light in my apartment. Like I'm a natural yeah. light person, but the I second it gets dark, I literally like wait the longest time possible until I put a lamp on and it's usually pretty dim. Um, so I like to do that. I'll normally make dinner around like, depends how hungry I get. Normally it's like between like five to eight, somewhere within yeah. that window. I'll make dinner. Um, and I'll usually, I sit in front of the TV when I eat dinner. Cause like I live alone. So there's no, I'm not really going to sit at my table and eat. Um, but I'll eat dinner in front of the TV and just like watch a show. Cause I won't really watch TV during the day. And then I'll normally go to the bathroom and like wash my face, brush my teeth, um, comb my hair. I always have to comb my hair every single night. Um, and then I'll get into bed. And again, like the lights are dim in my bedroom, but bright enough that I can read and I'll try to read before bed instead of being on my phone. Although sometimes I am scrolling on TikTok. Yeah, um, it's hard not to, to do. Yeah, it's really hard. And I'll try to be asleep by like between like 10 30 to 11 30 is when ideally I like to be asleep. Um, and I leave my blinds open actually. In my apartment, I have like sheer ones and then I have like blackout ones, but I'll leave the blackout ones up because I like waking up to the natural sunlight in the morning but that's I usually routine. love it I love to hear it. I think it's just interesting to hear about like how people do it differently but mine's very very similar it's like you know quieting down early giving myself like my body time to realize like now it's time to go to sleep and not time to like work on something and like trying to mm-hmm. slow everything down so I feel like I have a lot of thoughts that go on throughout the day and like reading or watching something before I go to bed is usually the way to go. But I think that's a great way to kind of just like reset and like wind down, I guess. Um, do you remember like what it was like building routine or finding routine in college? Because I always think it was like really hard in the beginning. I feel like it always changed with each semester because my schedule would always be so different. Um, I don't know how like picking courses and stuff in your schedule works at your school, but in Ontario you can like basically like manipulate your schedule any way in which you want so I Mm -hmm. would usually put all my classes sort of like midday on a few days as opposed to like five days a week so I would still have time to do like a full morning routine and everything um but I usually would use like the first like two or three weeks of the semester to figure out like what routine like works best for me like play around with different things um I love writing everything from my syllabus into my Google calendar so that I know like what I do I put all my classes in um when I plan to work out like stuff like that 
but honestly it's just like trial and error I pretty much have had like the same routines throughout my entire life and they'll just like adjust slightly based on the season and time of year or semester um but trial and error like your no routine that works for me is going to be identical to what works for you like you have to kind of figure it out on your own and even like then what a routine that worked for me in college isn't going to work for me now because it's so different because your responsibilities are different you're mentally in a different place so honestly just like trial and error it's pretty much what my routines are now just maybe changed a little bit right and I think that's great to kind of like voice and share because um honestly like I feel like when I I was in college I realized like between even both semesters like I was dealing with different classes at different times and that really did change what I was going to be doing exactly in the morning and when I would be working out and when I'd be having meals and everything and then also just like I've always had routines like ever since I was younger but they definitely changed also to between high school me and college me and summer me now so I think it's just great to be able to say like it does change and you definitely do have to try Oh, that's what I was trying to say. You definitely need to try out for yourself and just see what sticks and makes you feel good and makes you feel ready to take on the day or go to sleep. Because I feel like there's so, especially when you pull in TikTok to the conversation, there's so much noise on like routines. And I swear some people just like they post every single day, they're like morning routines. And I'm like, oh my God, some people are probably thinking like, this is how I get to be like this if I just do what they do. But like, yeah, no, we're different. Like you and me are different. I'm different from that person I follow. Like we're just all different, which is great. And it's great to be unique, but that doesn't mean like you just pick up where they left off kind of situation. So I think it's great to talk about that. Um, but another question I wanted to talk to you about was just like now that a lot of girls are at home in the summertime and they have some more quiet time than in college, you know, you're always with a friend or you're always around people. I just feel like there's so many distractions that are going on. Um, What are some like mindset shifts or like things to think about, thoughts to think about that girls can kind of unpack or kind of see how they apply to their own lives this summer to kind of clear up maybe some of the clutter in their heads or just some of the ideas that don't really help them that might've came up during the school year. I think when you're at home, you have more autonomy over who you want to spend your time with and more control over that. So just be aware of how you feel when you're with certain people. You have every right to say no to someone if you don't want to hang out with them. You have every right to separate and distance yourself from someone that maybe that that relationship, that friendship is no longer serving you. Um, I've learned how to set like my social boundaries. So like knowing when to say yes and when to say no Um, and knowing what's going to make you feel good. Like you don't want to constantly be going to events or hanging out with people that are leaving you feeling drained. When you hang out with someone, you should leave that conversation, that like time together, feeling energized and happy and excited. Like you shouldn't feel like, oh my God, I just hung out with Hannah and like, I'm so exhausted. Like I need a nap now. I used to have friends like that. And then I like was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Um, So that's like a huge lesson. Continue. Sorry, I've interrupted. (laughs) Well, that's okay. Um, So like the summer is a really great time to be able to like gradually like separate or distance yourself from those people that are no longer serving you. And also like try to figure out like who is serving you? What kinds of things are like making you feel super energetic and happy and in a good place mentally? Like 
maybe you are part of like this sports league and at first it was really great, but you realize it was no longer like the thing for you, then maybe we take a break from that and we step away and we try something else. Um, it can also be a really great time to reflect and be aware of like how you changed over the past year. I think university or college is like a really great time for growth and the summer can really help you like reflect back because it's hard to see it when you're like in it um, and being at home can give you some space for that. But honestly, like my whole mindset during the summer is just like, say yes to things that serve you and say no to things that don't. And it is okay if people don't really agree with that at the start or get annoyed because at the end of the day, you're the one living your life and you only have one. So like, why are you going to let other people or external factors control it? I like that a lot. I think that's like definitely such a great line to kind of like live not only your summer but like honestly your entire life but I think when you have the opportunity where you really don't need to say yes to things that you don't really care about going or hanging out with that person I think it's important to do so because it can help you like build the habit now that you can then take it into you know your next semester your next year and I think getting clear on those things and using the summer as an opportunity to be able to do that is going to be really helpful so you're more comfortable doing it once you get back into the swing of things um I know that that you know saying yes and no to things that do and do not serve me is something that I find really important and honestly is like a self-care practice for me because I realize so much change and, you know, the energy that I show up every day is somewhat impacted by the people you surround yourself with. And that's something that I found like a really important lesson as I've been growing up and been able to say, you know, yeah, I can choose who I hang out with. And I, if I don't really want to see you, like, I don't need to, there's no one, there's no like police saying like who you need to hang out with and not. And I remember that was always a hard lesson and pill to swallow when I was younger, but it's great reminder. And I think anyone who doesn't realize that use this as a chance to get clear on what are the, even the people, the activity too, that you'd like to do. And that bring like energy and joy into your eyes um, is just a great opportunity to start doing those things and filling your time with it when you have the time. Um, yeah. Well, even like in like college, like when you're there, like, I feel like there's this pressure to constantly be hanging out with people and to constantly going out and drinking and partying and all these things and yes those things are fun and they're a huge part of like college like culture and like you can be a part of these things but it's also okay to say no sometimes and to stay in and to have a bit more of like a wholesome night like you don't have to be going on like a four-day bender every weekend mm -hmm. like you grab it back like if all your friends are joining sororities like you don't have to join the sorority if you don't want to if you don't feel that serves you or maybe you join the sorority and then you realize like mm, I don't really know if I want to be a part of this anymore and that's okay too so like just know like you don't have to just continually go with the flow of what everyone else is doing it's okay to be different it's actually cool to be different and you'll probably be a lot happier doing the things that truly serve you and make you feel good I love that. I think that's so important. And that was something that was really important to me in my own college experience, because I already dealt with being a people pleaser when I was younger in high school, and it never really worked out quite the way I thought it was going to. And I always did things just because, you know, I thought it was gonna be a cool thing to do, or 
I mean, not always. I got over that when I was older, but when I was younger, for sure, middle school, yeah, that's kind of all I did. So um, it was a tough pill to swallow back then. And then in college, it was definitely reinforced. And I saw it a lot with a lot of other girls. So I think that, you know, really do things not for anyone else. But if it's, you see how you feel when you go and you're in the crowd. And if that doesn't make you feel good, you know, maybe stop or take a break. Or one thing was like, um, just making sure, but again, make yourself to put yourself, make sure to put yourself out there too and try things that you yeah. wouldn't normally try just because you never know like who you're going to meet or what you're going to do or see or whatever. So I just think it's getting that balance of having fun, but also filling your own cup. So you don't have to get to that point where you're so drained and you can't feel like you talk, yeah. you can talk to anybody. I think that's a really big balance or just a big thing um, to focus on in college and a big lesson I had to learn. Um, just curious, were you in a sorority at your school? Did they like, I don't know, or no? Not really a thing in Canada. I did join a sorority when I switched schools, but like okay. I was barely a part of it. So like in Toronto, it's because there's like so many city schools, they have sororities for like Toronto schools. Like it's not just like associated with one oh, university. That's cool. Um, but if you were to go to like western which is like in london ontario or like laurier which is in waterloo like they have ones like for like western for laurier okay but like it's really like sororities aren't really a thing like yes they exist but it's frats i would say are the bigger thing here like we would always go to frat parties and but like no girls would really ever join sororities Ah, that makes sense no that's interesting and also you said you transferred so I would just want to hear about like your experience like why you made the switch and like was it a good decision so I transferred from Laurier to Ryerson I stayed in like the same sort of program I was doing a business administration program at Laurier and then I switched into a commerce program so both like business Mm -hmm. Um, I transferred after my sophomore year. So I did two years at Laurier and then two and a half at Ryerson, which actually Ryerson is now called Toronto Metropolitan University. It was renamed, but I don't like the <laughs> Um, I transferred because I did not love my program. I felt like it was very finance, accounting, economics based. And as you can probably tell by my career, I'm very much more marketing and creative, um, more like of a modern approach to business. And so I didn't feel like I was aligned that way. I also didn't love the electives that were being offered. Um, and then socially, it just felt very cliquey. Laurier is a very small school. Um, a lot of kids from my high school went there. And I felt like, not that I'm not friends with any of these people, I definitely am still friends with some of them. But I just think I matured and got over being mm -hmm. in this like constant bubble all the time a lot faster than a lot of them did and I was ready to grow and change and I was just like not satisfied with the people that were there and I, there were some really nice individuals but overall it's a small school like you can't really avoid anyone everyone goes to the same like four bars that are all right next to each other yeah I guess so that is I kind of decided last minute to transfer I applied in June which I think was like the deadline and I knew by July and then school in Toronto like goes back in September so it was like okay. very quick a month out basically um and it was really scary because I don't know 
transferring schools, it's like, oh, you failed at being in your program. Like you, people think there's something wrong with you. It's scary. Like you're starting out new, but honestly, I think like in terms of my mental health and being a lot happier, it was the best thing I ever did. Um, sometimes I wonder like, should I have stayed at Laurier because the program was more challenging? I definitely didn't feel super challenged at Ryerson. Mm-hmm. But it also allowed me to focus on other things. Like I was able to work while in school. Um, I was able to start like my career a bit sooner, which allowed me to move out sooner and make all these connections. And it was kind of fun being in the city in school instead of like a college town. So I think there's pros and cons to every situation. Um, But overall, like I'm happy that I transferred and that I took that leap of faith and I kind of just like trusted my inner intuition because I was always super anxious to go back to Laurier. Like I never, mm-hmm. so you I never to- felt good going back there. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I just wanted to touch on that, Jeff, because I think a, I mean, it's definitely a topic as like people finish their freshman year, their sophomore year, like if they want to continue that school, that's not like something that I think about, but I know people do. So I wanted to shine some light on that. Um, but then I also think if you just like extract the bigger lesson from that, like listening to your gut is so important because it tells you really where you're supposed to go. And I think it shows you a lot of direction. And I think sometimes people get so scared of redirection because they think that, you know, what will people think just like you said? And I think that it's really important to know, like people are thinking those thoughts about themselves a lot more than they're thinking about you. So like you have to do what's best for you and be a little selfish in that way your villain era (laughs) um (laughs) that you just have to like not think about what everyone else is thinking and do what's best for you so I think that you can apply a transition a move a whatever a switch of situations all those kind of have the same experience you're trying something different even though that's a little bit scary but it might turn out for the best I just think that's a great reminder I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your go-to tips and advice for basic adulting because <laughs> I feel like you're a few years outside of college and like post-grad and I would just love to hear about any sort of like quick tips you have off the top of your head. Okay. I'm not an expert in anything. I am not a financial advisor, but this is what I will say. <laughs> have to do my disclaimer. If you don't have a credit card and you're 18 or older, get a credit card. Do not use your debit card um, because when you use credit cards, you get points, you get cash back. So you essentially like make money or get perks for spending money and just know like what you can set a personal limit on your card. I think a lot of people get scared to use credit cards because they're like, oh, I'm going to go into credit card. I'm not going to know how to pay it off. Like educate yourself when you're supposed to pay it off by you have a statement date when your like statement is posted and then you have a due date you don't pay you don't have to pay it on the statement day you pay it by like the due date of like mm-hmm. when it's paid and paid in full like what's owed on the statement and that is also how you build your credit score which is important if you want to get a loan someday um if you want to buy a house and have a mortgage like if you want to rent like you need a credit score and you build that through having a credit card and paying it off so Look at what credit cards are best for you. There's a lot of student ones that you can still apply for as a post-grad. My first credit card was, I think it was a MasterCard, like through my bank. And it was a cashback one. 
I now have an Amex. I really like Amexes. They have ones that either, I think there's one with like zero annual fee or there's one with like a really low annual fee that I think is like under a hundred dollars, but get a credit card, use it, learn how to pay it properly. It's really good financial literacy for you. Um, <laughs> try to eat as many meals at home as possible. Like do your groceries, think of your future self, find recipes on Pinterest, like make, make a little board or even like multiple boards on Pinterest. Like you can do like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, like it's really not that hard. Um, try to take public transit as much as possible over an Uber. Ubers add up. It's expensive. They're so expensive. They really so add up. Like it adds up a lot. Um, what else? Make plans with your friends because your lives are super chaotic. You're all not like on the same like streamline anymore like you're not all like always in school like once you're post-grad or even when you are in school you're in different programs you have different deadlines like schedule and plans like put it into your calendar invite them into your calendar invite I'm like the friend that sends google calendar invites for our dinner plans I feel like Um, I'm gonna be on that road very soon because I've already put it in my google calendar and I'm already texting them like Sunday like okay like I want to have plans for you when are you free type of person and it's like for like the next Saturday or Friday night um so I definitely relate to that trying to think what else um those are honestly like really good tips and it's really exciting because we're gonna have like some financial personal finance uh people come on the podcast like guests and especially women which will be really cool to hear their stories and they'll be able to get in on those details too into more into more like because they work in the field or whatever but I think for like some basic like everyday first starting out habits and things you should just like start listening and hearing about and implementing as soon as you can these are great things to get started on as soon as possible yes don't be scared don't be scared of credit cards I have so many friends that like are only getting credit cards now and we're like 23 24 and I'm like just do it it's really not scary I promise it's good for you just like educate yourself like it's not a scary thing like Credit cards are good. <laughs> Credit cards are good. You should like put that on a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Anyways, um, so this is great. It was so great to like hear from you and from all of your advice. I mean, you have like such a wealth of information, and I think it's just great to get like a reliable, super like big sis energy episode out there about healing. We talked about a lot of things, routines. We talked about bettering yourself and intuition and credit cards we talk we really got all <laughs> over the place which is great and I always love doing that with my guests but my last question and I'm actually going to start asking my guests this which I'm really excited to hear your response is that over here it's a girl's life we try to teach girls to keep it real and live their best lives those are like our two mission statements how do you keep it real what does that mean to you and then what is one habit you do daily to live your best life okay I'll start off with a habit. The one habit I do daily to live my best life is honestly making my bed. I think I love that means your clear mind, you're able to focus. And also it's so nice to come home to. And if you end up bringing someone back to your, your bedroom, then you have a nice clean bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause like, I don't know. I don't want to walk into a room with the bed unmade. Like, no, yeah that's a red flag yeah um and then 
advice what was the other question oh um like how do you keep it real in your life and like what does that mean to you Hmm. I think I just always try to be my authentic self and show up as my authentic self in all scenarios I used to feel like I pretend to be someone that is not or pretend to be the person that I thought people wanted me to be and once I let go of that once I let go of the people pleasing I could find actual happiness and confidence and just being myself so I encourage you to be all of your uniqueness your weirdness show all your quirks because that's what makes you interesting and that's how you're gonna live like your happiest most confident life love it that was such a great way to end the episode I'm so glad you get (laughs) you got to come on and chat you're like a huge inspiration you have a huge following and you do great with the podcast and everything why don't you shout out where people can find you and continue to learn from you you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. It's just at Alana Bloomberg. And then my podcast is Morning Ray. Ray is spelled R-A-E. And it's on anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Yay. Okay. It was so great to have you again. Thank you so much. And to anyone who's listening, keep it real. Goodbye, guys. Have a nice day. Girls, sorry to break the convo, but I have a very exciting announcement and it's really hard to contain my excitement. Okay. Did you know that you can boost your self-confidence and your own happiness through words of affirmation? Now, I'm not asking you to start a staring contest with yourself in the mirror and say, I am confident because let's be honest, I don't even want to do that and I will do absolutely anything under the sun if it leads to self-growth. Instead, I want to share with you a new way to boost your confidence. Introducing the Keep It Real bracelet from Little Words Project, your newest wearable reminder to living and staying authentic. While you wear your bracelet, all you have to do is take a quick look down at your wrists to remind yourself to live a life on your own terms while embracing who you truly are. No mirrors necessary. 25% of the proceeds of every single purchase go directly back to our nonprofit organization, It's Girls Life. So by supporting Little Words Project and wearing your Keep It Real bracelet, you're helping us create incredible events to teach girls how to become the creators of their own stories. Right now, I'm trying to figure out actually how to bring it down to college with me. So join the movement today and make a difference in girls' lives everywhere. Visit Little Words Project and search Keep It Real and start spreading kindness to yourself and others today. Link to purchase will also be in the description of every single episode and on all of our social media also.